Hey everybody, welcome back to Mason Watch Your Mouth Podcast and today we're going to be talking about a book that I'm currently reading right now. I haven't finished it but I do know how it ends. I spoiled myself but, uh, and I, I don't mind being spoiled. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis. It was published back in 1991. The story is told, oh, oh yeah, this uh, information I am getting from uh, this most of my like uh, stuff from is from Wikipedia uh, yeah the story is told in the first person by Patrick Bateman yes he is a serial killer investment banker Allison Kelly the of the observer notes that while some countries deem it so potentially disturbing that it can only be sold and shrink wrapped Critics rave about it, and academics revel in its transgressive and postmodern qualities. Alright. Here we go. The film was adapted, starring Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman, and was released in 2002. Do... Producers David Johnson and Jesse Singer were developing a musical adaptation for Broadway. The musical premiered at the Almeida Theatre, London, in December 2013. The story takes place in Manhattan during the Wall Street boom of the late 1980s. American American Psycho follows the uh, wealthy of the life of wealthy young investment maker Patrick Bateman. Bateman is in his mid-twenties when the story begins, narrates his everyday activities from his recreational life among the Wall Street elite of New York City to his forays into murder by night. Through present tense stream of consciousness, through present tense stream of consciousness narrative, Bateman describes his daily life ranging from a series of Friday nights spent at nightclubs with his colleagues where they snort cocaine, critique fellow clubgoers' clothing, trade fashion advice, and question one another on proper etiquette, to his loveless engagement to yellow to fellow yuppie L. L. Evelyn and his con- con- contentious relationship with his brother and senile mother. Now, I read the book, it's like, I haven't read the book, I read most of the book, but holy shit, it can be super boring at times, man. It's like, <laughs> there was a, a cha- I think there was an entire chapter that's dedicated to Patrick Bateman's love for fucking Phil Collins and his music. It's like, okay, you like Phil Collins, you can't just condense that. I know it's the point, but it's like, I feel like there's a better way to make that point. Bateman's stream of consciousness is occasionally broken up by chapters in which he directly addresses the reader in order to critique the work of 1980s pop music artists. The novel maintains a high level of ambiguity through mistaken identity and contradictions that introduce the possibility that Bateman is an unreliable narrator. 
Characters are consistently introduced as people other than themselves, and people argue over the identities of others they can see in restaurants or at parties. Yes, this is it's like when you first when you first like like read American Psycho. It's like in the beginning when you read American Psycho, it seems pretty normal. At first, you know, I feel like the story is realistic. But the more you go on, the more fucking, like, deranged and delusional and fucked up Patrick Wayman is. To the point where it's like, is this even happening at all? Yeah. Let me see... Deeply concerned with his personal appearance, Bateman gives extensive descriptions of his daily aesthetics regimen. After Kill Paul Owen, who is uh, Paul Allen in the movie, one of his colleagues, Bateman, appropriates Paul's apartment as a place to host and kill more victims. Bateman's control over his violent urges deteriorates. Uh, His murders become increasingly sadistic and complex. Progressing from simple stabbings to drawn-out sequences of rape, torture, mutilation, cannibalism, and necrophilia. Holy shit. And his grasp on sanity begins to slip. He introduces stories about serial killers into casual conversations. And on occasions, openly confesses his murderous activities to his co-workers, who never take him seriously, do not hear what he says or to misunderstand him completely. For example, hearing the words murders and executions as mergers and acquisitions. These incidents culminate in a shooting spree during which he kills several random people in the street, resulting in a SWAT team being dispatched in a helicopter. This narrative episode sees the first person's perspective shift to the third person, and the subsequent events are although not for the first time in the novel, described in terms pertaining to cinematic portrayal. Bateman flees on foot and hides in his office where he phones his attorney, Harold Carnes, and confesses all his crimes to an answering machine. Later, later Bateman returns to Paul Owen's apartment where he had, where he, earlier, he had earlier killed and mutilated two prostitutes. Carrying a surgical mask in anticipation of the decomposing, decomposing bodies he expects to encounter, he enters the perfectly clean, refurbished apartment, however filled with strong-smelling flowers, meant perhaps flowers, smelling flowers meant to perhaps to conceal a bad order. The real estate agent who sees his surgical mask fools him into stating that he was attending the apartment viewing because he saw an ad in the Times, and in fact there was no such advertisement. She tells him to leave and never to return. Bateman's mental state continues. Further, further in the story, Bateman's mental state continues to deteriorate, and he begins to experience bizarre hallucinations, such as seeing a Cheerio interviewed on a talk show 
being stalked by an anthropomorphic anthrop anthropomorphic ah oh, god I can't say this fucking word uh, uh anthropomorphic park bench and finding a bone in his dove dove bar. At the end of the story, Bateman confronts Carnes about the message he left on his machine, only to find the attorney amused at what he considers a hilarious joke. <laughs> Mistaken Bateman for another colleague, Carnes claims that the, that the Patrick Bateman he knows is too much of a coward to have committed such acts. In the dialogue-laden climax, Carnes stands up to a defiant Bateman and tells him him his claim of having murdered Owen is impossible because he had dinner with him twice in London just a few days prior. The book ends as it began, with Bateman and his colleagues at a new in a new club on Friday night, engaging in a banal conversation. The sign see the sign seen at the end of the book simply reads, This is not an exit. Alright, let's dive into the themes. According to literary critic Jeffrey H. Hunter, American Psycho is largely a critique of the shallow and vicious aspect of capitalism. The characters are pre predominantly concerned with material gain, gain and superficial appearance traits indicative, indicative, indicative of a postmodern world in which the surface reigns supreme. This leads Patrick to act as if everything is in is a commodity, including people. An attitude that is further evident in the rampant objectification and brutalization of women that occurs in the novel. The distancing allows Bateman to rationalize his actions. In one scene in which he cannibalizes a victim, Bateman remarks, though it does sporadically penetrate how unacceptable some of what I am doing actually is. I just I, I just remind myself that this, this thing, this girl, this meat is nothing. Patrick Bateman's consumption of what he views as nothing more than a piece of meat is an almost paradox. Para, 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 oh, fuck! I can't talk today, man. Parodic, parodically, par parodically, literal interpretation of a monster created by consumer culture. This combined with sex, violence, drugs, and other desires of the id is how Bateman enacts his sociopathic violence in a superficial world. Bateman's episodes of schizophrenia also shows clear signs on how he copes with being an affluent person living in a superficial world. Fashioned on consumerism, as described by the critic Jennifer Krauss in her intertextual analysis of the novel, which relies on the work of postmodern theorist Frederick Jameson. Jameson. Jameson blames the schizophrenic's ills on the incoherence of postmodern media and capitalistic consumptions and consumption. Jameson's critic. A critique is expanded by Krauss, who writes, "We can see a distinctly popular cultural culture of schizophrenia arise, a disease spread by the postmodern culture industry, which ruptures personality and isolates the fractured self. 
though Jameson does not specifically refer a reference to two different types of schizophrenia in his writings, he implies an artistic schizophrenia versus a more popular form, one or more, one or more or less accepted, and the anathema. There we go, anathema. Yeah, anathema. There's a period of there. I can notice it. Okay. This raises questions about how popular culture might act as a potential cure for madness. On the one hand, is a rich Wall Street banker, Bateman, concerned and very self-conscious about every detail of his physical appearance, expensive possessions, and control of the people and the world around him. On the other hand, is the inner self of Patrick Bateman, the aboriginal self, who copes and relinquishes his outer complications and fake identity created by consumerism through violence on the on other humans being on other human beings who he finds consumable and expressive absolute control of his desires and true self through his violent fantasies his consumer artif- his consumer artificial self proceeding in society as a wealthy consumer would live and spend his in his income versus his natural self who instead of spending money would hunt and prey hunt and prey on the weak and vulnerable usually women whom he whom he deems expendable all right let's get into the controversy section of this article on wikipedia Ellis later wrote that people assumed that American Psycho would end his career. It was originally it was originally to have published by Simon and Schuster in March 1991, but the company withdrew from the project because of aesthetic differences. Vintage Books purchased the rights to the novel and, prob- and, pub- and published the book after the customary editing process. The book was not published in hardcover in the United States until 2012, when a limited hardcover edition was published by Centipede Press, although a deluxe paperback was offered before its publication, Roger Rosenblatt of the New York Times approved of Simon & Schuster canceling the worthless book, the worthless book, in a review called Snuff This Book. Will Brett Easton Ellis get away with murder? Ellis received numerous death threats and hate mail after the publication of American Psycho. The Los Angeles Times review that the one good review in the national press, he said, resulted in a three-page letter section of all these people canceling their subscriptions. In the United States, the book was named the 53rd most banned and challenged book from 1990 through 1999 by the American Library Association. In Germany, the book was deemed harmful to minors and its sales and marketing severely restricted from 1995 to 2000. In Australia, the book is sold shrink-wrapped and is classified R18 under national censorship legislation, i.e. the book may not be sold to those under 18 years of age. Along with the other ca- with other Category 1 publications, its sale is theoretically banned in the state of Queensland 
and it may be only be purchased shrink wrapped. All right, let's look up shrink wrapped. Uh, let me see here. Let's see what that means. Alright, here is the definition of shrink wrap. Package an article by enclosing it in clinging transparent plastic film that shrinks tightly onto it. Okay. Alright, back to the article. In Brisbane, the novel is available to those over 18 from all public libraries and can still be ordered and purchased. Shrink wrapped. From many bookstores, despite this prohibition, Ellis has commented on this. I think it's adorable. I think it's cute. I love it. In New Zealand, the government's Office of Film and Literature Classification has rated the book as R18, i.e. the book may not be sold or lent in libraries to those under 18 years of age. It is generally sold shrink-wrapped in bookstores. Feminist activist Gloria Steinem was among those opposed to Ellis Ellis's book because of its portrayal of violence towards women. Coincidentally, Steinem is the stepmother of Christian Bale, who played Bateman in the film. This coincidence is mentioned in Ellis's mock memoir, Lunar Park. Phil Collins, whose solo career is referenced in the book, recalled, I didn't read it at the time. I just thought that we all need glorifying we, well, that's all we need glorifying all this crap I'm not interested then the film came out and I thought it was really funny alright let's see alright everybody that's, that's it for today's podcast podcast episode I will see you all next time